time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, it's Monday morning. Vintage Truth Podcast here. I'm Jeff Kinley, and thank you so much for joining me today for this mystery month that we're going through in the month of October on the Vintage Truth Podcast. We're talking about the mysteries of the Bible. And one of the mysteries that we are looking at in this series is the mystery of the Jewish people, the mystery of Israel. You know, of all the people groups in recorded time, the Jews have the most colorful history of all. While virtually every other ancient culture has disappeared, the Jews have remained. Throughout history, they've been attacked, vilified, and maligned for a a variety of reasons. In fact, during the Crusades, they were hated and targeted so much so that they were thought to have possessed magical powers given to them by the devil because they weren't getting sick during the the Black Plague because of their ceremonial washings and their separatism from a lot of the rest of culture. But they, they were thought to have been given magical powers by the devil and they were accused of drinking the blood of Christian children after crucifying them. I mean, just all kinds of wild rumors, that the fake news of the day, I guess you could say. They were expelled from countries. They were overtaxed. They were burned by the thousands, all at the urging or the direct involvement of the church. In fact, even Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote a book titled On the Jews and Their Lies. And then, of course, we all know about Hitler's diabolical final solution to get rid of all the Jews in Europe through racial cleansing and mass extermination. Even today, we're experiencing a huge resurgence of anti-Semitism all over the world, but specifically in Europe. And so there seems to be like the Jews have this target on their backs as a race of people. What is is the deal here? There's like this historical pattern, this, this repeating refrain, and the hook of this sad song calls for the Jewish people to simply go away. It's like the words of Psalm 83 verse 4 have become a theme in history. The Bible says, come, let us destroy them as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. In fact, Islamic nations today have called for the extermination of Jews off of the planet earth. So what's the deal with this enigmatic nation? I mean, what's going on with the Jews? Why have they been able to survive and remain intact as a people group throughout history? Why have they survived with with their ancient contemporaries, people like the Hittites, the Amalekites, the Philistines, for example, have vanished off the map? And what does all this have to do with God? Well, the roots of this mystery intertwine deep below the surface, and they find their genesis in Israel's unique relationship with the Creator. Embedded deep within this mystery of the Jews is that their longevity and resilience has something to do with their identity as a nation. According to the Bible, God long ago selected this people group to enjoy a special covenant relationship with him. At first, God spoke primarily to a semi-nomadic shepherd named Abram who lived in Mesopotamia, which is modern-day Iraq, about 4,000 years ago. God promised to make from this man in Genesis 12, and Genesis 15, a great name and an even greater nation to come from him, so much so that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the Mesopotamian night sky. And with this, Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham, won the equivalent of the genealogical lottery. In those days, the best thing that could happen to a man was to have a long line of descendants. 
And in case you hadn't figured this thing out yet, Abraham was Jewish. And so God reached out. And as politically incorrect as this might sound, God had this kind of relationship only with the Jewish people, only with the Jewish nation. No other race, no other people group would enter into this particular agreement that God had with the Jewish people. They would be God's people. And yet God never intended that the blessing and the involvement with them to remain a Jewish thing alone. Through Abraham, God's plan was to bless the nations of the entire world through his descendants. But, but lest they be cocky or lest we think that there was something special about the Jewish people to begin with, God reminded them in the scripture of these verses. Listen to what these verses say. This is straight out of Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 through 8. It says, You are a people holy, that means set apart, to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And so just before entering into the promised land, after they had the great exodus from Egypt and wandered around the desert for 38 years, God gave them another warning He and another promise. He said that if they disobeyed him, there would be serious consequences. You can read about that in Deuteronomy 28. And after they got into the land, they got into some trouble. They wanted a king. God said, I want to be your king. Anyway, long story. You can read about it in the Old Testament. But after just three kings, the country divorced itself, splitting in half. Israel, the northern kingdom, got the cabin in the mountains. And Judah, the southern kingdom, got the beach house. Then the Assyrian mafia moved into the neighborhood and things would never be the same again. They completely scattered the northern kingdom. Then the Babylonians evicted the Assyrians and took Jerusalem. Now the southern kingdom was made into a province of the Babylonian Empire. So some of the remaining Jews fled to the neighboring countries and other, others were forced into slave labor. Eventually Babylon was conquered by Persia in 539 BC and shortly thereafter began allowing the Jews to return to their homeland, though they did not all return. A man named Ezra helped rebuild the temple and Jerusalem's walls were also repaired at this time under Nehemiah's leadership. 150 years later, here comes Alexander the Great. He showed Persia who was boss, but then he croaked, and his kingdom was divided among his generals. Eventually, the Romans came and took over. They became king of the hill, and that pretty much was the score when Jesus Christ was born. But by that time, Israel was in sad shape, spiritually speaking. Though she may have looked okay from the outside, her leaders had so twisted and perverted God's laws regarding worship that it hardly even reflected the original spirit with which it had been instituted years and years ago. A fierce loyalty to tradition, a deep desire to preserve the Jewish faith despite a hostile Roman occupation, and a focus on the externals of faith had blinded the Jewish religious leaders, making them deaf to what God's spirit was trying to say through Jesus, the promised Messiah. And by and large, they did not recognize him as such. And that's why we read about in John chapter 1, verses 10 through 11, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Then it says, He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him, talking about the Jewish people. So the Jews as a nation 
rejected their Messiah when he came to them. And so about 40 years after Jesus had died and rose again and gone back to heaven, some nationalistic Jews got fed up with the Romans always telling them what to do, and they revolted. They took over Jerusalem, but the Roman general Titus rode into town, destroyed the temple, as Jesus predicted he would in Matthew 24, sacked the city and restored it to Roman rule. Basically, after that happened, the Jews without a home country now were scattered throughout the entire world. And in 2,000 years, the Jewish people have been scattered to over 70 different countries. There has been no Israel. That's why the promises that were made to, to them regarding their future return to the land could not have happened in the last 2,000 years because there was no Israel, okay? But on May 14, 1948, something amazing happened. Following a century-long Zionist movement towards independence and return to their homeland, and after winning a war intended to, to annihilate them, the state of Israel was officially recognized by the United Nations, and we got on board that train, as did Harry Truman. I think it was 11 minutes after the resolution was made. He said, hey, yeah, we're with this. You know, We're helping out. We're going to be an ally. So what about the Jewish nation today? I mean, are they still God's chosen people? Because we say that, right? God's chosen people. Well, yes and no. So what do you mean by that? Well, it's like this. As far as individuals go, Jews, Asians, Latinos, African-Americans, Anglos, like me, I mean, we all stand as equal and as individuals before God. According to the Bible, there are no distinctions among Jew or Greek barbarian or Scythian, slave or free. We are all one in Jesus Christ. So a Jewish person is in a church and a Gentile person is in a church. They're one in the body of Christ. They're a part of the bride of Christ because of faith in Jesus Christ. So they don't get a pass just because they're Jewish. They don't get a free ticket to heaven just because they were born Jewish. They still have to have faith in Jesus Christ. But when it comes to Jews as a nation, the nation Israel, God does have some unfinished business with them. In fact, he says in Romans eleven thirty two, he says, I do not want you to be uh, ignorant of this mystery, brothers, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. That's actually verse 25 there. So in other words, God has, in essence, placed the nation Israel, as far as his dealings with them, on the back burner for the past 2,000 years. And now in these end times, he's starting to turn his attention back to Israel as a nation. And Paul was writing primarily to non-Jewish followers of Jesus. And he was answering the question, hey, since Israel, Israel rejected God's offer of the Messiah, isn't he finished with them now? Didn't he, don't we just spiritualize everything that was promised to Abraham? Just, we get it now. We get all this stuff, all these things that he talked about. Well, not exactly. Paul says, that God has allowed Israel to experience a hardening, meaning they will continue in their national blindness to Jesus as Messiah until the fullness of the Gentiles come in, and then God will turn his attention to them again. In fact, much of what happens during the tribulation period that we see in Daniel and in Revelation cannot happen unless Israel is back in the land. Newsflash, Israel is back in the land. 1948 officially becoming a nation, and it's just been happening over and over 
as Jews have moved back into Israel. In fact, many red-letter dates have happened even since then. I mean, 1967, the Six-Day War, results in Israel capturing Jerusalem and the West Bank. Another attack by Arabs was repulsed with Israeli victories in 1973. In 1978, Egypt recognizes Israel. And, the, and of course, there's a lot of conflict in Israel today because they're there as a nation. If they would just say, no, we'll just go scatter ourselves among peop the people groups of the world. We'll just blend into them. You know, they wouldn't care about Israel and the land. They want that land because God promised it to them. In fact, Psalm 89, verses 34 through 37, this is what God says. He says, no, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I've said. I've sworn an oath to David, and in my holiness, I cannot lie. His dynasty will go on forever. His throne is as secure as the sun, as eternal as the moon, my faithful witness in the sky. So Yahweh promised David that his heir would sit on, a throne, on his throne for eternity, and of course that promise is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But look at what else he says. He says this in Deuteronomy 7, 9. He says, Know that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. So this promise-keeping God is important as we think about the significance of Israel in the world today. So what exactly is God going to do for Israel? Well, first among God's unfinished business is that he's going to bring them back home to the land he originally gave them. And we just saw that that's happened. We can read about that in Ezekiel 34, Ezekiel 37, Zechariah 10. And so this influx of Jews to the Holy Land, in fact, more, more Jews are living uh, in the Holy Land today than any other concentrated spot on earth. That's the super sign of the end times, by the way, that Jews have become a nation again. It's like God started the clock ticking again. He turned the hourglass upside down. Now the sand's coming through in terms of the end times. Second thing God said he would do would, would be to restore the hearts back to him of the Jewish people and bring judgment to Israel's enemies and all those who have persecuted them. You see that in Deuteronomy 30, verses 6 through 7. And in Ezekiel 38, there's a future war where a coalition of nations are going to surround Israel to do battle against them, among them being Russia and Muslim nations that are going to come against them. They're going to lose because of the supernatural intervention of God. But see, they can't come against a nation who doesn't exist. <laughs> so Israel has to exist. Guess what? They're existing, right? So if you take God's promises literally concerning Israel, many of these promises remain unfulfilled. Now, if you spiritualize them, just say, oh, that, that happened back in the Old Testament, stuff like that, fine. Go about your happy way and good luck understanding Revelation. But I believe that those promises were literal and that they have promises that are going to be fulfilled to the nation Israel. See, we forget sometimes. We think we're the center of the universe as Gentiles. God's covenant relationship was not with America. It was not with white people. It was with the Jewish nation, not with the Western civilization. And so we're merely grafted into an existing tree, Romans eleven seventeen tells us. In fact, even the gospel itself was first offered to the Jews. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
for is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So this mystery of the Jewish people is one that has taken centuries to unfold. But it's through this mystery that God tore down the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, a barrier so thick that even the early church, who was alive with fresh faith in Christ, struggled to accept it. It's really a preview of heaven, by the way, that Jews and Gentiles are in the same church. And yet, as a nation, God is still dealing with the Jewish people. And where are their enemies today? Where are the enemies in the past that have come against the Jewish people, that have come against those that where God said in Genesis 12 to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. That wasn't just a 10-year promise. It didn't have a statue of limitations on that promise, by the way. It's something God's been doing throughout history. And the Jewish people are home exactly as the Old Testament predicted. You know, I, I find it, it's, it's kind of crazy that because, you know, we want to look at the, the first coming prophecies of Jesus Christ, and we're so proud to say they were all fulfilled, literally, and exactly as God said they would be then what makes us think that the prophecies concerning his second coming and the end of time and revelation are also not going to be literally fulfilled? God doesn't stutter when he speaks. He doesn't say, let me tell you a hidden coded mystery here. No, when he says something, he means it. And God means exactly what he says when he prophesies that the Jewish nation is going to return to the land. They're going to rebuild the temple they're going to institute sacrifices. I believe that that will be a way through the hardness of their heart to begin to turn their hearts back to the original promises of the Messiah and of his provision for sin that will prepare their hearts, that will romance them back to God in the end times. As Revelation tells us that there will be 144,000 young Jewish male evangelists who will be a part of that bringing Israel back to God, I believe those Jewish evangelists will, will help them understand how these sacrifices point to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. They'll be the, the two witnesses of Revelation, I believe, are Moses and Elijah. They'll be an angel flying in mid-heaven announcing the gospel. I mean, there's so many things that are going to happen. They're going to bring the Jewish people, the second promise of their hearts, back to their God. And thus, as Romans tells us, all Israel will be saved eventually. Man, what an incredible mystery. What an incredible God who can work throughout all history to work this out. Wow, there's so much more we could say about this, but that's that's part of this mystery of the Jewish people. Hey, we're going to tackle another great mystery this coming Friday. And if you'd like to read more about this, get my book, Uncovering the Mysteries of God, at jeffkinley.com. Click on the bookstore tab. Want to send me a message? Click on the send me a note tab. <laughs> And I'll be glad to answer your questions. Hey, I hope you have a great week. And remember, our God is a God of mysteries. I'll see you next time. Uh, through Mystery Month here at the Vintage Truth Podcast, you know, all of these mysteries we're talking about come from my book, Uncovering the Mysteries of God, where I tackle some of these hard questions and many, many more uh, in the book. And if you'd like a copy of the book, just go to jeffkinley.com, click on the bookstore tab, 
scroll down to Uncovering the Mysteries of God. I'll be glad to sign you a copy and ship you one out as soon as possible, and you can get one there. Hey, thanks for joining me on the Vintage Truth Podcast. And if you have questions or, or topics that you'd like me for me to cover in the future, just shoot me a note at jeffkinleyauthor at gmail.com or go to the website, click the contact tab, and you can fill in anything you want. Send me a long question if you want to, and I'll be happy to, to cover that on some of the future podcasts. Hey, thanks a lot.